In this story, we learn about a man named Sun, who ruled over a small territory called Jucheng County, long ago in China. As governor and proctor of this land, he was quite powerful, answering only to the emperor of the Middle Kingdom himself. As prestigious as his role was, Sun was a peculiar man. He loved war and carnage above all things, but nothing pleased him more than strong wine and young girls whom he often enlisted into his palace whenever he saw fit. Many rumors swirled around Sun that he'd been a proctor for over a hundred years, outliving most of his oldest advisors and fellow soldiers. Yet, he was still quite youthful and superhumanly strong. It was said that he had killed over a thousand men, and when it appears that someone had taken his life, he'd appear again in the next battle unscathed with a fiery and grim gaze. Legend has it that after one of Governor Soon's battles, he was struck with a mortal blow to the chest and briefly died. Yet, when he reached the gates of hell and met Zhong Kui, the guardian of the spirit realm, he was so frightened by his presence, he sent him back to the living world. So here he remained. Not really human, but not dead, some say. Which is why many believe he had the post that he did, because everyone in the kingdom was afraid of that man. The governor was never seen smiling or laughing, not even once in his century of rulership. The most compelling story was when some of his men tried to overthrow him. The mutiny appeared to have been a success, as these men sliced through Sun's neck and decapitated him, well, partly anyway. Fleeing after the deed was done, they failed to notice that a small piece of his flesh held Sun's head to his body. When the doctors arrived, they thought on sight that he was indeed dead, as the fearsome leader laid in a pool of his blood. It was a gruesome sight, yet they escorted his body and head to be buried. As his servants carried him off, they heard his voice mumbling under his severed head. When they took a look, they noticed his throat was still connected to his body. As a result, he was given swift medical treatment and his head was sewn back onto his neck, leaving a grotesque scar that often smelled of death and leaked pus. As a form of sadistic torture, he ordered the girls in his palace to frequently change the bandages, clean off the pus and gently massage the massive stitch around his neck. If any of the girls showed any sign of disgust, or wasn't gentle enough, he'd burn their skin with his smoking pipe. One day, as Soon was in town inspecting a village, he stopped at a small restaurant to have a meal. The owner and his family bustled about the kitchen to please their high-profile guest, and their daughter named Lin hurried to serve Soon some tea. The governor stared at the young woman like a wolf eyeing a young deer, savoring her beautiful presence as she served him. After the meal was prepared, Soon tasted the dish, then abruptly spit it out. He quickly got up and gathered his entourage to head back to the palace. Dismayed by his cruel gesture, the owner asked what could be done to set things right. Soon declared that the food offended him greatly, 
and that at sunrise the next day, the owner and his family will be burned to death to repay the insult. They begged and pleaded with the governor to have mercy, as soon stroked his thick black beard. Finally, he gave them an alternative. It was that their daughter, Lin, must live in the palace as a servant for an undisclosed amount of time. She was to report to the palace gates at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. If she was one minute late, Soon said he would send his men to execute the whole family and burn down the restaurant. With that, he stormed out of the restaurant. The family and the young girl wept and wept all night. Lynn prepared herself to leave early the next morning, as she didn't want her whole family to be killed. There were many stories about young girls being sent to the governor, most of whom never saw their families again. Even worse, some returned home mutilated with missing fingers and limbs, or some died horribly in the palace. Lynn looked to the moon and the stars and prayed to the heavens to help her find a way back to her family in good health. Early the next morning, Lynn headed towards the palace well before sunrise. On the path, she encountered a fortune teller. Strangely, this fortune teller was quite young, a boy of an age no older than 12 years old. She told him about her ordeal and then decided to ask him about her future. The boy stared at her emotionlessly and then responded with a peculiar voice saying, If you wish to see your family again, you must make the governor laugh. Puzzled by his response, she asked, How do I do that? A smile slowly crept across the boy's face. He leaned in real close to the girl and whispered, Sun Jingxia has been dead for almost 200 years. He's committed crimes upon crimes, and the guardian has a special place waiting for him. His power lies in the fact that he has no goodness or love in his heart. But a good laugh can change all of that the boy said. He continued, He hasn't laughed in two centuries, so he's such a vile spirit. Flattery is the only way, since everyone has feared him for so long. No one dares to compliment him. Make him laugh. Break his power and free the people. Be a savior, or his lifelong Slave, the choice is yours. The boy continued down the path in the opposite direction and then disappeared. At the palace gates, Lin waited as the guards escorted her in. While walking inside, she shrieked in fear as she saw servants carry out a young deceased woman in the opposite direction in a cart. The corpse's face looked twisted up and terrified as if it had seen something awful. Lin's heart started to thump as she made her way into the grounds. She was then given a beautiful gown to put on and instructed to patiently wait at the dinner table. After a short wait, the governor walked into the room with two servant girls behind him. He sat down, stroked his beard, and said, Who are you? Disgusted by his question, 
Lin coldly answered that she arrived at the palace on time as he instructed yesterday at the restaurant. He finally acknowledged her by saying, Ah, uh, yes, you, and then threw his feet on the table. He then gestured the two girls to dress and clean his neck. By then, Lin smelled an awful stench in the air, as if death itself was at the table. She gagged and then quickly covered her mouth and nose. Soon peered at her and said, Tell me, how grateful you are to be living in the palace. Consumed by anger, she hesitated to answer the belligerent question for fear of lashing out. It was then she remembered the fortune teller's words. She sat up straight in her chair, seductively looked into his eyes, and said, I'm honored to be in the midst of such a handsome governor. Suddenly, he quickly bit down on one of the servant's fingers and ripped it off with his teeth. The girl screamed in agony and ran off to the palace doctors, while Soon continued to chew on the girl's finger. He gestured the other servant to continue where the other left off. The servant girl trembled in fear and resumed the cleaning of the neck. The governor looked at Lin and said, As you were saying... Lin's hands were full of cold sweat and her heart pounded out of her chest as she watched this monster continue to enjoy the young girl's finger as if it were an appetizer. He then spit the masticated finger on the table. <coughs> Breathing deeply, Lin said, So... I guess her style wasn't to your taste? The other servant girl paused and stared at Soon in fright. The governor glared at Lin and then slowly lifted an eyebrow. Then something unprecedented happened. The two girls heard something that sounded like a giggle. To their surprise, <laughs> Soon started to smirk and then chuckle. Lin realized that this was her opportunity. And she stood up and said to the servant girl, I hope you're better than the last girl, or you could lose your whole hand. <laughs> the governor chuckled louder and louder and replied, Yes, like the one who lost her hand yesterday. Lin let out a fake grin, but was terrified of his response. He continued to laugh louder. <laughs> so much so that the girls could see more pus rolling down his neck like milk bubbling out of a steaming pot. Lin then said to Sun, So what's for dinner, my fearsome and strong lord of lords? Sun paused and said, You are. Lin nearly screamed in fright at his response, but thought quickly and said, You wouldn't want to do that, your highness. I would taste like the restaurant that you wanted to burn down. Why not eat her? She said with a smile, pointing towards the other girl. The governor put his hand on his chest and laughed louder and louder until everyone in the palace could hear. He jerked his head back from laughter, and Lin saw the scar on his neck opening as if it were laughing as well. Suddenly, his neck bursted open. Pus and blood filled the room and sprayed all over the girls. The doctors and the governor's men came in and saw that Soon was dead. Instead of casting suspicions, they rejoiced and then quickly removed the body and head of the despicable leader. In order to quell his resurrection, his men sent his head and body far and wide to opposite parts of the region. His remains were burned and scattered 
and he was never seen or spoken of again. Lin apologized to the young servant girl and explained that it was all part of her plan. The two became good friends and visited each other often after all the surviving young women in the palace returned to their families. So you've made it to the end. Thanks for tuning in to Dark Studio. Be sure to comment and share the experience. And stay tuned for the next episode.